episode number four of Knockout Ginger with Phil Albert, bass player, composer, improviser, band leader, organizer, rad dude. Um, there's a point in our conversation where he mentions Coltrane time. Uh, what he really means is Coltrane sound. And I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Email me at knockoutginger at gmail.com. I think already this this idea of playing music as being a little bit of a dance in and of itself, like the physical part of playing music as being a repetitive, loopy physical motion. Mm-hmm. So you're going to play walking bass. That's an easy example. There's lots of other examples, but you know, you just you want to get into the zone where your body's sort of just doing the same activity over and over and over again, wrong notes, whatever. You're just sort of having this, like a basketball bouncing thing. I'm into that idea. Mm-hmm. I try to I try to do that to get me to think a little less when I'm actually playing because ultimately I don't really want to like to think that much while I'm playing in the right. sense that like actively, you know, thinking about too much. I try to be as loose mentally as I can be. Right. Yeah, I struggle with that. I think a lot of musicians do that I that I've talked to, you know. It's like people again, the people that I've talked to my friends and the bandmates and you know, you talk about these things when you're in long drives and mm-hmm. it's something that seems pretty normal for people to say, which is like I don't want to think too much when I'm playing. I want to be which sort of suggests that <laughs> Not a lot of people are <laughs> succeeding in doing that. So, yeah, it's one of those. There's a. There's definitely a. I guess there's a fine line because there's. I find it fairly easy to get into the let's not think about it. Right. But then once you get into let's not think about it territory, you're also, like, what the hell am I playing? Like, oh yeah. Where is this coming from? That like. Yeah. There's like that phoning it in sort of also. Sure. Element. Especially when you're just improvising, that can that can happen. And just improvising, I mean, like totally spontaneously composing, like open play. Yeah. You can easily fall into a whatever, fuck it yeah. kind of headspace. And uh, I guess what I mean, what I I want to just clarify that, like, it's not that I don't want to think; it's that I don't want to think about repetitive physical motions as much. You know, I don't want to think about everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to think about certain things. Like I, I want to be actively paying attention and I want that to change what I'm paying attention to. But I don't want to be like worried. Not, yeah, I guess worried is the right word. I don't want to be like focused or worried about too many things specific to the bass. Or, what you know, that's my main instrument mm-hmm. is the bass. So, you know, if I'm... I don't know if I'm thinking about like trying to have good technique or something like that's really for me antithetical to making music like that's like the bass isn't (laughs) very musical (laughs) you know what I mean like if you're just worried about the bass yeah you're not you're not really I don't know I'm not I'm not focused on the things that I want to be focused on. Yeah. So so that physical repetitive motion idea is something that 
uh, like the body and constantly in motion is something that I think I'll, I'm just inspired by mm. that. I yeah. don't know if I'm trying to copy anything, but just like taking inspiration from that. Mm. Um, that, that element of playing the bass and not thinking about the bass oh. is just horrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's you're like, we're playing a thing that's not meant to be played by a human. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> So, oh, it's like such an getting, awkward instrument. Like upright bass and trumpet are just not. They're merciless. Yeah. I feel like they have it a little bit harder because they have to like put their face on a piece of metal. Mm-hmm. But. And if they don't, you know, spend enough. Just whatever. Maintenance. Yeah. It's not even. Yeah. It's like. It's, it's like, you know, it's like proper athleticism. You have mm-hmm. to. Both the instruments. I mean, that's the, you know, it's like you got to eat well, you got to sleep well, you got to drink water to, to play these instruments well. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's lots of people in history that haven't done that and play, play the instruments very well. But, <laughs> but uh, for many other people, my, like especially me, I think, I think I have to approach it kind of like, you know, it's a bad comparison, but it is, there's a certain athletic element to it yeah. that you've got to be fit. You got to do the work so that you're going to be physically able to do mm-hmm. the, the yeah. gig or even just... If I eat too many carbs, it's going to be a rough, rough gig. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, a, it's a real... No, but thing. in all seriousness, if you don't sleep, you know what I mean? Like if you have a bad flight or whatever and you got to play an upright gig and you haven't slept, it's not good. Yeah. It's but not also, fun. I mean, a lot of people do it, but it's not like it's, you know, you're just, it just doesn't work that well. You know, like... Yeah. But on the other side of it, those moments of just being like so exhausted, uh, those that state of mind or state of exist yeah. being alive also plays into like getting around the idea that you're playing a bass. Oh yeah, you but forget about the bass. There's certain is... walls that there's a yeah. I guess there's pros and cons to each, but generally you can't well, just be walking just, around like a zombie. You know? Well, that's just it. Yeah, and maybe that's good to be exhausted because then you're not thinking about the bass. Like, yeah. play the bass like shit or play the bass well. It doesn't, as long as you're not thinking about it and you're focusing on the music, yeah. I think that's good. So maybe, right. maybe it actually, you know, just go exactly opposite <laughs> of whatever it is. As long as you're, you know, as long as you're actually just not too worried about the bass. There's two ways to do it. One, and I've done this in my own life as a bassist, like for long periods of time, just being like, I don't care about the bass anymore. I'm not going to work on the bass. I don't want to be good at the bass. I'm just going to play music and like however I play, that's fine. And then there's been long periods where I'm really wanting to be really good at the bass and use that as a way to get past the bass, which I don't know, both have ups and downs and i'm sure i'll swing back and forth on that many times in my life because sometimes you don't have time to really work on the technical part of an instrument it takes yeah. a lot of time it does it and you have so to not time. have a lot of on the calendar to actually get anywhere yeah and so yeah. yeah it's a it's like a it's a battle it's a bit of a battle it's a bit of a battle that that instrument and yeah instruments of similar physical battle mm-hmm. properties perhaps the trombone i don't know i don't play trombone so i shouldn't say but i mean maybe a good example is like the baritone sax versus the other sax. does anyone play the trombone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, like the Bears Axe, you got to fight, seems to me. I don't play it, yeah. but it looks like people work physically a lot harder and um, there's a more of a battle aspect. And f- first yeah. of all, I find that really entertaining as an yeah. audience member and as a co-musician. <laughs> like, it's fun to be on stage with people, like, fighting it out. Yeah. Like, they're sweaty and, you know, it's... yeah. Yeah, every baritone player looks like they're trying to kill you. Yeah, it's like a warrior position. Yeah, people just going to fight for the music. It's fun. That's a fun vibe. And I agree with you. The upright feels like, I'm. you know, before every time I play, it's like, well, like hopefully. What's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen? Let's see how this goes. Like, I'm, I think this will, maybe this will be good. Maybe this will be good. You know, you sort of have to. Wipe yourself up a bit too, but yeah, like the what you can't play is uh, a big part of the game of the instrument, or like trying to trying to work with what you get the most out of what you can physically do, mm-hmm. most musically. That's a, I think that's a really good thing. That's a good headspace to be in. It's creative for me, and I enjoy it uh, thinking that way. If, yeah. I mean, one of the problems with me for playing the electric bass is that you know there's like I'm not as uh, good at knowing that boundary on that electric bass. Like yeah. I'll just think I can do stuff that I maybe can't or maybe can, but the point is is I'm not thinking about it in terms of like how can I distill this down in at the moment which mm-hmm. on the upright I'm always thinking is like whatever you can if you have a big idea you have to right away boil it down a little bit yeah yeah I have that problem with electric like it's it I can very quickly um, pretend to be when I'm playing electric I'm very quickly in the headspace of like trying to imitate a modern jazz guitar player sure yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just a horrific. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe not. Me too. Yeah, for everyone involved. Um, I'm all about getting playing with sounds on the electric bass that you can't do much with for that same reason. To try to get it like the upright, like try to have your bass set up really bad, or try to have the tone really weird, or a pedal really weird, so that you can't try to do modern jazz guitar licks mm-hmm. yeah. or even think that way yeah because you won't if it doesn't sound like that I, I for me if it doesn't sound like that i won't really think that way mm-hmm. if it sounds too much like that i will i'll you know hear stuff and try to do stuff that's in that zone right. yeah. which i can't basically do let's i'm not gonna like stand here <laughs> like try to make myself sound like i can play modern jazz stuff like a guitar no way it's but it's fun to dream. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you get that. Yeah. You get this, that you hear it in your head and you want to go for it. But yeah, I think that's why I flock to the OC too. Yeah, sure. So strongly. Cause it's like, it's like a, it's like an anchor. Yeah, sure. It like weighs everything down just a little bit. So you can't really bogs you down a bit. You can't think or you have to think further ahead or something. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel the same way with the pick. I'm all about the pick because it can, yeah, it puts you in a zone where you sort of have to 
You can do a lot. You can play a lot of fast notes with a pick if you want, but it, they're different than a lot of the electric bass language that's been, you know, really popularized. Yeah. Um, I used yeah. to always play, for most of my, in recent years, I've been playing electric bass always with a pick in my hand, right. but never using it, but it's always... Right. I mean, sometimes using it, not always using it, I, I should say, but it's always there. And I've made an effort to just like put it away right. lately because I feel like it was more of like a, my finger style playing started to go down the toilet super quick. Sure. Everything right. goes down the toilet yeah. super quick. It does. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. But like, I love the pick for, the, yeah, for yeah. Th- those reasons too. It's an important part of my life. i've had such a funny like love-hate relationship with it like probably rooting back to this you know idea that i learned as a kid or whatever that i don't know maybe you've come across this maybe you haven't but like that the pick sort of like the dumbass way to play the bass or something and it's i like i don't really care about that but at the same time i still think i got to keep up the finger playing when i don't like i like playing with the pick i like how it sounds but then once in a while you you think like, oh, well, I'll, I don't know, like I'm going to play this <laughs> R&B gig. I guess I'm going to try to play like sort of a faux Jamerson on this one tune or whatever. Right. And like that as, you know, that's just reality. Like sometimes you're sort of more of a jobber. I am anyways. And I have to switch headspace to being like less of a just my sound kind of thing. And that's that's just a reality of it. So you do have to keep it all up if... Yeah. Or don't do those gigs. Right. So, but like, what's better than putting on a little bit of distortion and palm muting the string and just great. playing, playing oh, eighth man. notes with a pick? Like, I've lost my my like uh, foam, my foam damper. Hmm. You know, to stuff under the, like the bridge area. So I got to get a new one because, yeah, I mean, that's another sound you just you yeah. with, can't do without the pick. Yeah, you, know, you can. It actually works without the pick, the foam damper, but with the pick is that Carol Kay's yeah. sound that is like, I've you don't gotten, want a felt pick. The felt picks are not, at, why would, you know, <laughs> you got to have the damper, just a foam stuffed under the strings and just a nice light pick. Yeah, I've ditched the damper. You don't do it anymore? No. It's a... Uh, We're I, talking the same thing, the foam under the strings. Yeah, the, yeah if, I can't, if I can't do it with my palm yeah. or not, it doesn't matter. I love, I love it with the, uh, with the palm too. But yeah. there's something about just it always being there, right? But that also, like, you're, now you're like literally what we were just talking about. For me, it does that where it like limits what you can do mm-hmm. on the instrument. You've just put a vice, and now you have to think mm-hmm. more like an upright. Also, maybe the other thing is that I don't often play a P bass, mm-hmm. and that's like the sweet spot: the foam and the P bass. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I had a P bass years ago that had the like ashtray covers or whatever, and it dawned on me that that sounds even better when you stuff the foam in the ashtray on the top of the strings. It's game over. It's game over. That's <laughs> that's some that's some real. But if you have the cover on, then you can't actually do the palm muting if you want. So it's right. a it's a it's a bit of a catch twenty two. But boy, that's a jam. That yeah. one, that's a bass sound that you just. Well, I think everybody on every instrument, they get into, I mean, it's, people make fun of me about my bass dork. I'm a bass dork and I'm into it. And for a long time, I've like tried to hide it. But at the same time, it's like, 
when you're hanging out with bass players, like I totally want to know what they think. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm not actually talking about this stuff because I just want to advance my opinion about this is the best. Mm-hmm. I like legit learn from every one of my bass player friends when we hang out. They, they just say something in passing, and I'm like, think of you know, it just changes the way you think about the instrument, yeah. and it's. I think other instruments, instrumentalists probably get the, like, even if you don't talk directly about it, just being around another person who plays the same instrument as you and that you're, uh, like, like what they do with the instrument, uh, is an, uh, for me, it's a very inspiring time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, perhaps more so than hanging out with other, this is just me, but, you know, when I hang out with, like, a musician that I don't know, like, I'm, Things really awesome like i don't know i don't know what to talk to them about <laughs> you know and whereas like if you hang out with a bass player that's uh amazing and i, d- I can talk to them when you're hanging around a bunch of bass players it's easy to have a t- like i don't know about you but like part of the problem not problem one of the i actually think the hardest part of my life as a musician is talking to people at gigs that I'm not playing. Like just the set break. That's hard. Yeah. Like talking to someone that you don't really know and like you're sort of like, I don't know. Yeah. You're like buds, but you're not buds. You're yeah. colleagues, but you're not colleagues. You're friends, but you're not friends. You're part of the same community, but you're not part of the same community. Like it's weird. Totally. And it's, and with bass players, you have something to talk about. Yeah. And it's, that's, plus I learn. So it's, it's like, yeah, I've just embraced the sure. bass, the bass dorkery for me. It's not, I'm just like, if anybody wants to hang out with me and talk about bass, yeah. <laughs> like that's what this I'm is, into. <laughs> this is a conversation that has come up a couple of times recently. Um, once on the last episode that I put out, but also with Jill. With Jill. Yeah. yeah. And once with a saxophone player, uh, think of a bass player i don't maybe maybe this is a different case with you but like i can't think of a bass player that i don't want to be buds with yeah i've never met a bass player that i didn't that i disliked i've met some bass players that as people i didn't like fair okay. and i don't necessarily <laughs> want to be friends with but uh that's a you know that's a it's a small number yeah. the vast majority of bass players that i know tend to have personalities that I'm interested in and tend to be pretty nice folks. Um, and I think actually a lot of musicians that I know are nice folks. There are funny, like, cliches about bass players that are kind of true, you know? Like, yeah. a lot of people I meet that are bass players sort of, you're like, oh, yeah, you're a bass player. Oh, yeah, like, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of kind of just... And, and makes the, sense there's like a vibe and the same with the like on the other side of it with other instrumentalists yeah people have people yeah. have a um I'm, I'm going for blood here the uh, lead trumpet syndrome <laughs> yeah yeah fuck off <laughs> um my brother-in-law uh was a was like a orchestral violinist and he tells a lot of good jokes about like as soon as it's the break like get away from all the violinists because everyone will start you know being really whatever sort of like down on their 
playing and it's just like a whole hang of people being miserable <laughs> and like you know what I mean people are like sad yeah and so like I see like literally just beelines over to the percussionists who haven't done anything for most of the day and like this is I'm paraphrasing a joke but it's pretty good you know it's, it's yeah. funny a bunch of symphonic percussionists tend to be pretty jovial people yeah fits the stereotype I don't know about violinists, but that's a funny joke. But yeah, in the in the quote unquote jazz world or whatever, like I don't really hang with orchestral musicians that often, so maybe that's not here nor there. But but uh, yeah. I think I think like certain certain instrumentalists and certain types of music people have a like the. I'll go for blood too. The like, <laughs> you know, the like pretty broy jazz guitarist. Yeah, young guy, <laughs> or like a male between twenty and forty, five, fifty that that are like neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being mean, but it's yeah. a it's a thing. There's a vibe about certain instruments, and yeah, there's a there's, there's a, just probably so many more guitarists in that than anybody else in the current like these days yeah. for whatever that means around here there's a lot of guitarists compared to everybody else so totally yeah. i'm going for blood and it's not all every guitarist but <laughs> there's also that stereotype going our way too like in our direction there's the uh uh if i bring up strings oh at, yeah at a table with other people who aren't bass players oh yeah they'll lay it on you oh, they the, should we get yeah like they all should we care about is the strings that the other person is playing right but i mean i learned so much like <laughs> Ask a bass player what strings they play, and I know a lot about. I know them. a lot about them. Yeah, about their personality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, everyone's got everyone's got their own. Every instrument's got that one little thing. Drummers and their cymbals. Yeah, Drum, I like players and their mouthpieces. Or I whatever. like cymbals a lot. Yeah, I just like gear. I actually like talking to musicians about gear because then you don't have to talk about <laughs> and. <laughs> call me you know lame but like actually this is a i'll lose some friends i do lose friends on this opinion but like there's a lot of musicians out there even some of my dearest friends it's like i don't actually really want to know their opinion on certain topics like yeah, i'm happier off. not knowing what you think about that that's why i got off facebook <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like i don't want to like it changes you when you learn someone's opinion uh that you disagree with and then you have to play music with them it's just like wow it's not that bad that bad grand scheme of things but sometimes it's just better not to know i don't want to yeah. know your thoughts on yeah that's why i have a beard yeah. social barrier yeah, social things, barrier things that we don't have to yeah yeah so so i'm all about it but it's great to figure out how other people do things yeah and it's, yeah, I mean, and if like in the shared, we're talking about like not a lot of people, you know, that play quote unquote this music. It's not actually that many Just small humans, right? Yeah. That we're talking about. So let's call it what it is, right? We're a bunch of dorks, <laughs> right? At a, yeah. like a whatever Star Trek convention has way more people at it. Oh, yeah. Than this, right? So. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? Like, if we talk them as normal. <laughs> the normal weirdos. They're normal, right? Yeah. We're weird compared to them. So, so uh, yeah. I, you know, why not just go right in and 
dork out about gear and dork out about records and coffee. That's the next one. Usually. Yeah. Coffee's turned into like such a like a jazz hang. Have you noticed that? Over the like Yeah. <laughs> like like we were just talking about musicians talking about gear the next safe conversation <laughs> is coffee and i'm into it right yeah. so that you don't end up talking about yeah. i know. went to uh i don't want to like it's the same thing i don't I, i'm quite happy with you learning your opinion about coffee but yeah yeah not some other things i had a gig with josh cole a yeah. couple weeks ago and we rehearsed at his place at winona yeah and yeah. we we just did coffee music he's got a great little setup great great coffee great talked about coffee and we watched the raptors josh is a lovely guy and a lovely bass player one of the best one of the best the band october trio is the band he had back in the day in vancouver growing up and they were gods to me i couldn't talk to them you know i could i should have but i was like (sighs) you know they were you know, it was Vancouver in the early 2000s. There wasn't a lot of, like, there wasn't, I didn't hear a lot of stuff that you would call uh, what today gets called creative music. You know, there wasn't, there was plenty of improvised music and stuff, but there wasn't a lot of this kind of like, I don't know, I'll say the influence of Tim Burton. I'll just say it that way. Like, there wasn't a lot of that, mm-hmm. that kind of fire stuff going on. There's jazz and, like, fusion, and the big band was, like, Metal Wood. They were big. And anyways, October Trio were doing some cool, you know, you could compare them to groups like Fly or whatever. So mm-hmm. they were, like, you know, for me as at 20 years old or whatever, 21 years old, it was, like, they were different. They were cool. <laughs> they were yeah. like, what are you playing? And that was Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Guess the record, Brody's record. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, for that's real. A, that's some great bass playing. That's a great record. It's a great everything. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I posted an in, Instagram video of the piano solo. I was like, or if you want to call it a solo, but it was so good. Yeah. That was the one time in my life I've like actually used a needle on a vinyl to like replay a solo a couple times you know what i mean and you like learn exactly where on the vinyl the solo starts like it's i guess this is normal this yeah. was normal for like so many 40 people. years ago yeah. or whatever 30 years ago but or longer um but for me that's not something i don't do that i yeah. don't you know mess around with needles and record players yeah. put it on and listen and that's yeah. it but if you're digging into specifics you're Usually, yeah, I would just convert it to digital yeah, or like or using some sort of electronic yeah. device. And I'd use an app, like I, yeah, I've yeah. never like taken records and dubbed them down, but like I just, like, I mean, this sounds silly, but this is like I've listened to records that I own on Spotify. A lot yeah. of records don't come with download cards, totally. you know, anymore. And it's like when I buy a vinyl record for like 40 bucks, an ECM record, it's like I kind of want the download card, yeah. Or, you know, if they're going to make the 10 cents or something on me listening on Spotify, fine. Yeah. I guess they're in that business. That's their business. I mean, I, uh, as much as I'm not ethically comfortable with Spotify and all that, at the same time, it's like, well, uh, you know, I'm not. Shout out Spotify. Listen (laughs) listen to us on Spotify, by the way. (laughs) 
yeah it's kind of just one of those things like the streaming what are you going to do about it it's now it's not going anywhere it's like you know it's in place and i wasn't the one on those committees that passed these as legal yeah and big record companies are using them like ecm and you know, they somehow think that they're making money on this, or I don't know what they're doing. But well, there's like it's none of my business, I guess. Yeah, is what I'm saying, like I buy records at shows. That's the only. Yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And and the rest of the time, what am I going to do? Like, but that idea of, I mean, I, I guess I used it more when I was a student. But like, when you're digging into a certain song, or you're learning music for a class, sure. The idea oh, it's of, very practical. Of typing in a song and getting all these different versions, or like. Mm-hmm. finding a record that you haven't heard before on these streaming services is like it's like a life-changing mm-hmm. service like i, can't I think imagine. of it like wikipedia it's like once you have an like a database like that that's at your fingertips it's really hard to not mm-hmm. use it it's whether you like it or not whether you think it's accurate or not it's like well it's there and everybody else could look at this so therefore you should probably be at least a little bit aware of what everybody else is thinking of. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the same with these streaming sites. It's like they're not going anywhere. And yeah, yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but I still buy a lot of re- like based on. <laughs> Everyone should buy more music, but uh, <laughs> based on based on my income, I probably spend way too much money on music. Oh, sure. So yeah, yeah. there, like, I still I do both, uh, like, and that that element of vinyl is like uh, just like a a deeper experience of like putting on a vinyl and listening to a vinyl the whole way through. Like, mm-hmm. if I put on a vinyl and lie down on my bedroom floor, you better not bother me. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But Spotify is like, I what, what's this? What's going on over here? Let's yeah, I don't listen the same level. Yeah, it's a different experience. So mm-hmm. to each their own. I do like to listen to things on Spotify that I have no interest in buying. Like, you know, I'll just listen to it. For example, I don't know, like Beethoven's Fifth Symphony or something. Like, just put on some recording of that for a minute. or Not a minute, like 20 minutes. And do whatever around the house. It's great. I have no inclination of buying whoever version that was you know i really yeah. don't no i know exactly what you so mean. you know but at the same time i just make use of the fact that this like it's there endless depth of music is yeah. especially symphonic music um string quartet music like listen to the bartok string quartets or whatever like i probably should do the research and find out what's the best one and blah 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 but at the same time like i don't i don't so, I'm not interested in doing that yeah. work. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm just. Yeah. And also but, we're in a, we're in a pretty sweet spot that we can kind of have the best of all the worlds. Like there are still in our world, there are still great records that aren't on streaming services right. that yeah. we can like go crate digging for and like mm-hmm. stumble upon the whole like mm-hmm. real life organic thing. And there's also like the things that we'll never find that we can only hear mm-hmm. streaming and the convenience of just like, I think the being aware I think the curation factor, though, is the part that uh, isn't on. Like, I know people listen to playlists or whatever, so that's, I guess, where they get this from. But I really like uh, the thrill of 
the hunt. Like, I love going to a record store and flipping through records. I love going, like, even at a... It's the best. Even at, like, a garage sale in the middle of nowhere, there's, like, a box of records. I got to look through. It's, like, Elvis or who knows what yeah. you're going to find in there. But it's, like, there's a thrill to that that's, like, uh, you know, shopping therapy or whatever. Like, and, and even listening to the radio, like, when you don't know what... Like, I can't pick what's on next. <laughs> that's... Mm -hmm really valuable to me yeah and uh and i don't like about spotify is that i'm the one looking for stuff like i'll look for stuff and then be like why did i want to listen to this you know <laughs> like yeah you know you just you part of you like you can easily flip into self-loathing in no time on it as well and so that's like yeah i do i do like i grew up listening to the radio that's how I grew up in a small town, and I listened to CBC at night to, like, listen to Montreal jazz and, like... Yeah, I never really got into the radio so much. That was it, though. That was all I had. Like, yeah. I could order records. Like, the library didn't even have any records where I grew up. So I did. Once I figured it out, I started ordering CDs. Um, but until then, I was just listening to the radio it's crazy yeah, like in this day and age crazy. to think about ross porter and like all this whatever it was on cbc the late night thing like it was most nights weeknights as i recall 10 to 12 yeah man weird but i guess like you know again not too long ago that's not that yeah like radio still alive and strong and it's just a very different time for radio than it was yeah totally um, but I guess I'm still even young for, I think it's unusual that I, that I'm so into like the record store thing. I right. think like I'm one of the last could be of the younger people, I think, or not younger people, but like people younger than me, there's not too many people are crate digging, you know? I, I believe strongly in uh people that once they have an audiophile experience with a re vinyl record in a room that sounds good with like decent speakers i'm not talking to the moon and back i'm not talking millionaire shit i'm just talking like a decent stereo holding a vinyl record sleeve and listening to it you know once they have that experience, they get it. And mm -hmm. I feel like f for a lot of people, that experience can... And now, you, now you're now you're scouring those record bins. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> you don't have to have many records. It's the thrill. It's a, it's a real thrill, I think, to be in an analog, like top-to-bottom analog. Maybe it was recorded digitally. It doesn't matter. You're having an analog experience. Uh -huh. Or at least I am. Different stereos maybe it won't be, but... It's it's a different it's a totally uh, quantity different of information that yeah. your brain is receiving, period. And uh, I think it, for people that love music, like, I think a lot of people that are musicians just love music, you mm -hmm. know? And I think for me, there was a moment can't remember when or anything but there's there was a shift in me that went from just like i want to play music to like i just want 
to have the music on me. <laughs> like I don't doesn't matter if I'm playing or not. I just I want to be in the I want that music. Yeah. And it, that music doesn't is a shifting thing like it can be anything from rock bands to, but to like symphonies. It's just sometimes you want the feeling of the music enveloping you. So I wish I could afford to go to the symphony, you know? Like same idea. It's yeah. just like I think what I'm trying to make the comparison of final records is kind of the same as like going and it's the same basic idea as going to see a band and not going to see a band. There's just like more stimulation, more. Most people that are musicians are familiar with seeing bands. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as many are familiar with listening to vinyl records, but for me, that's the same basic idea. Mm -hmm. Vinyl records do not. Some CDs sound fantastic and some like higher fidelity websites sound amazing they really do uh into a good setup so i'm not one to say that final is the be all end all it's the only one but for what i can afford you know i can afford to have an amazing audio experience in my house with records yeah if you think about it it's not that much money especially if you buy used or even on sale or even just one a year, you know, that's really a top-notch audiophile record. For like 40 bucks, I can listen to the same record like pretty regularly for a year. Yeah. About is what... And like like a, the first good record I bought, like good quality audio, like 180 gram, I bought about 10 years ago and it was Hendrix Axis Bold as Love. Yes. And I've listened to it so many times and it's like it just keeps getting deeper for me. Like I just keep getting more out of it. Um and I think that's just down to how much nuance there is. Like I I don't and that being like by contrast I have some like I have a really old version of Are You Experienced that's like dying. The record's disintegrating. There's about 10 you should come by and listen to it. I've, <laughs> there's about, I'd say, between 10 and 20 lessons left, and the whole thing's phasing, and the whole, it really sounds bad. There's a lot of dying going on, which is amazing, because every time you listen to it, it's different. Um, but you can tell if you listen to those two records back-to-back, -back, which I've done many, many times, like how much less information there is on the dying record. Like, right. you know, it's that's kind of a similar to a CD for me. Mm -hmm. um, but there's just so much music that's only on CD that I keep buying. Yeah, I'm down with CDs. I am too. I've, I've, People tell me that there's, if you buy a good quality CD deck used, you know, like buy it on Craigslist or something, but spend like, you know, 150 bucks on a, on a good CD deck that you can get comparable experience out of. And I believe it. I just haven't heard it myself. So. Yeah. It's a weird one. But, like, this, the joy, like, the physical process of or element of listening to music, like putting something on something yeah. and hearing it. Huge headphones. part of vinyl for me is actually the sleeve. Like, I, it's enjoyable to have the big thing and I, like, you know, I, like, take care of it and 
yeah get us like another sleeve for it and i like look at it and it's so much more nuance and it's just i have bought it's just I've, like like a it's like a fetish you know yeah. i'm just like ah you know really <laughs> yeah i have several copies of certain records because of how the different reissues right look different yeah yeah because i'm a nutbag that's crazy but, it truly is into insane territory i really think but at the same time i mean like there's a couple of records I have had so many times because I just like keep giving them away or losing them because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you got to take this uh, Zappa Hot Rats. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've heard <laughs> that record. Uh, it's like the first one, 1969, and it's a instrumental record. Yeah. There's except not a lot one. of music that I don't like. Yeah, except you don't like Zappa. Zappa's on that list. Oh, uh, you might, you might want to like Peaches on Regalia, like the early stuff. You don't like it. I don't like the pervy stuff, man. I don't like it gets it gets weird and it gets perverted. I like him as a composer. The composed music's good. Mm. Lyrics. I have friends that drove down to Rochester to see Hologram Zappa what? a couple weekends ago. And I just thought like I'd rather dig holes right. for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like but I maybe the, I there's probably I'm teach their own. It's all I'm, good. But I'm wrong though. Like I'm the one that's wrong. Like No, I don't know. You know how many millions of people think Zappa is like the creator of all Well, like, yeah, there's the pervert thing that a lot of people think it's funny and and it was meant to be shticky funny stuff. So like I'm catch it's one of those things. It's like it's like Miles Davis, you know, it's like this person's a bastard. <laughs> like <laughs> Right? <laughs> and it's like really not a good human. And yet there's someone that I'm confused about that. You know, it's like the artist without the are the art. Well, you know, the artist, 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 and the artist's work conundrum, which is is a big one. Yeah, and Zappa's right in there for me. Uh, like I don't, I don't love a lot of Zappa's music, but I do really love the record Hot Rats. Hot Rats. It's okay. quite different. Noted. It's like it's the. It's not. It's not a Frank Zappa record. It's a group record by the Mothers of Invention, but it's under Frank's name. Like the whole vibe is is a is a like a free jazz rock band called the Mother of Invention, which was like a '60s kind of psychedelic freakout. Mm-hmm. Basically, down like a di- a different version of the downtown New York kind of sound. Like it's wild and fun. Um, but. Yeah, Zappa. The other record is totally unrelated. Is like, um, what's that record called now? Joan Osborne's Relish, which is like, you know, I love this record, Relish, and uh, I just uh, I I bought a on vinyl. But yeah, I've had like three versions of the CD, the tape. Damn. And uh, but because they just keep they just keep leaving my life. I love it. Yeah. All right. So three hot takes from Phil. Zappa Hot Rats. I like it. Uh, you don't have to like it. Joan Osborne Relish. Relish. And Brody West Quintet Clips. Yeah, Clips. If you haven't listened to any of those, <laughs> listen to all of them. The other record that I've had in many formats now, I actually currently own it on tape, CD, and vinyl, is Michael Brecker's first record. What's that one called? It's called Michael Brecker, and it's not like everything else michael brecker did he it's, plays ewe a bunch on it charlie hayden's on it right, it's a yeah. bunch of vamps kenny kirkland's on it playing synth the whole time i know this one 
and I'm into it. I was always into what I guess now I understand to be more sort of creative leading jazz. Like mm-hmm. I was never into the, it's not that I was never into it, but like the record, I didn't like lose my mind over the Oscar Peterson trio. You know right. what I mean? Like it was like the modern Keith Jarrett trio, for example, sort of a little more one foot in, one foot out. And and then from there it was like, oh, I'm, I'm like, like even even from the, like, even from when I was just sort of like had 10 jazz records that I knew about, you know, I was like, oh, this late mile stuff. Now we're talking, right. like, you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> or like, uh, I'm trying to think of, um, what's his name? Oh, his name just escaped my mind. The Albert Eiler. Right. So Albert Eiler was like, I was like, that's, that's the jazz I like, you yeah. know, like, here we go. This is great. <laughs> And Ornette was a little wild to me at the time, and now I'm pretty devout into Ornette. But that, at that era, I started getting really, when I was living on the West Coast, I was living in Victoria. My partner was doing her master's there. And so I was just freelancing. I was working. It's like I was in a house band at a blues jam, and I was in, and it was great. I loved it. I was working pits and musicals, and I was a good reader, and I was a reliable guy, and I had a car that worked. And like, so I worked all the time. It was, Victoria yeah. is a fantastic town for, for gigging because the Naden band is there and so the union's really strong so everybody pays well all the gigs pay well so because there's like a huge music uh, union presence right so yeah and all the year- hotels pay well and so like yeah like supported us and paid for Kate's school and like I worked my butt off uh, for five years there and then but around then, I started playing more jazz because there's not a lot of good bass players at the time in Victoria. There was a couple, but and I started making some jazz groups, and I was working at jazz. But it was all I was into. You know what I mean? Like I, at that point, I was really into like Coltrane time and sort of, you know, that for me was as straight ahead as it ever got was Coltrane time, which is right. pretty. You know, it's inside music, but. I think I can safely say that in Victoria in 2008, that was still a pretty adventurous record. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. It doesn't sound like a Blue Note record, even though Definitely. it's a Columbia record. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I was always into that kind of stuff. And so then I wanted, eventually I was, you know, just kind of got tired of the grind and wanted to learn more uh, about jazz. And so I decided to try to get into for the masters and I didn't get in the first time I auditioned and then I did the second time and now I'm still here so who knows if those were good decisions or not but I did want to come here and get more involved in quote unquote jazz and creative music and less involved in like pure rock cover band life it's hard it's hard like 10 to 2 you're playing like what you know like I don't know Cougar Melon Camp songs, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot. It's a big repertoire that you have to rep. <laughs> no, it's seriously, it's hundreds of tunes yeah. that I so it's crazy. that I used to job, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've done like maybe. It was fun, but I just kind of aged out. You know, yeah. I just started, to, just started to, and I mean, I'm talking like aged out at 28. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, this is. Yeah. It's a gruel. It's a grind. Yeah. It's fun, but I've, I've done like maybe. 
three bar gigs. Oh yeah. Like three rock band bar gigs my whole life. And the, the, even then the amount of music that I Oh yeah, have had insane. to have to like look at and read charts for and like familiarize myself yeah. with is like it's a pretty devastating amount of music. And it's no charts. It's a no chart culture. You yeah. gotta memorize all this music. And so you spend most of your days memorizing music. That's what you do all day. Yeah. And it's really hard to practice anything else. Which maybe you don't need to practice anything else if that's what you want to do. I mean, I think it was it was a lot of fun, and I think I you know when I moved to town, I was doing it still here. I was working in a country like a new country artist act, and but then as soon as I got rid of the car, that whole thing ended. Like there's you need a car for that mm-hmm. work, and uh, quite happily to have that whole thing end because. <laughs> It was good, but, you know, you just, like, it's, again, I've spent a lot of, you know, many, 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 many gigs, like, just kind of not being all that emotionally connected to the music, like, uh, many times, like, kind of hating the songs and, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but musically, it wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, I hear you. I was, I did, I spent, like, the first... The handful of the first handful of my playing years <coughs> were was spent playing bass in ska bands. Yeah, original stuff though, and covers. But and like, covers, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing past nineteen sixty four though. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of different. Yeah, they're covers, but it's it's I like mean, it's like playing. It's almost like to a certain degree, it's like playing real book jazz, right? Oldies. Yeah. I like to use the word oldies, oldies. for this. Jamaican like making oldies. No, playing oldies is different, even if they're covers. Yeah. Like if you're going to play Beatles songs, they're different because it's not going to sound like it. Whereas if you're going to try to play a Katy Perry song or whatever, yeah. the gig is to try to sound as much like a jukebox, like as much like a DJ at a wedding as you can. The band's copying the DJ, not the other way around. So, but in the sense of the Beatles, no one tries to play just like the Beatles or... Like, you, you can't actually play it the way these musicians in the 60s were playing in Jamaica. You can't. You don't have the same gear. You don't have the same whatever, PA systems. It's all different. So yeah. so I like that. I like playing all these jazz. Yeah. Old songs, time. like even old country songs. It's, it's just a very different yeah. way of playing music. Because it's, it's built in that you're going to interpret it. It's built in that you're yeah. going to add to it there's like that certain commitment and like um people are saying this a lot now and i don't really like it but a certain amount of sweat equity that i have sweat equity yeah i don't know about that term yeah the the uh the value the the hipster inspirational social media speaker Right. That has a huge following. I think that's uh, a word care. that they I throw around. So I just like the amount of time that you'll like. Right. So for certain things, all you have is time and effort. Right. If you care enough. I think it's not, it's not the word sweat. I think it's the word equity that's making <laughs> my skin crawl. I don't like talking about, I don't like talking about anything that's even remotely like someone throws the word fiscal in there i'm like oh, i don't you know it's yeah. just like we're getting into finance and like i don't <laughs> we're talking about effort like not, you know let's talk about effort like we're not talking about equity it's like anyways maybe i just don't understand <laughs> equity i guess i don't get it yeah <laughs> i will tell you an awesome story off microphone about the word fiscal okay um, yeah. 
but my point was like there, there's that idea of driving around in a van with a bunch of stinky idiots. Oh, like touring as building up. But that idea, like, it just it re- reached the point where I was like, hey, I don't care enough about this specific music to be ah. putting in this much oh, sure. time. But, like, getting to a point where I will sit in as many vans with as many stinky people as you want me to sweat it out with right? for where I'm at right now. You mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. if someone said, let's take this on the road, I will I will do the van thing. I will play this music in right. the bar at 1.30 a.m. Sure. It's just a matter of like it comes down to the music. Yeah, I mean, people have told me that repeatedly throughout my life, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, neat. you know, like until you sort of learn it yourself, uh, f- like physically, like is the is the music worth the physical exhaustion? Is is part of the discussion I think about now? Like, if you love the music, or if you believe in the people and the music, especially if that starts happening, it's like you'll. You'll do you'll 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 do it. Mm-hmm. You'll find a way to do it unless you absolutely can't, because it's not a it's not a question. You're not actually weighing out the options if if you truly believe in the music, like or if you love it. And it's not just love the gig. It's like actually the songs. Like you have to actually like the final product if you believe in that. Yeah, I went to see a couple nights ago. I went to see Jamie Branch, Fly or Die. They believe. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck! Seeing a band that tr- like really believes is is something. It's something. Yeah. Exceptional band. That record that she put out, I think it was in two thousand and seventeen. Fly or die. Okay, I guess I should know this. Game changer. Cool. Um, she she's been like in the improvising communities forever. Like, I like vaguely have known her name and like seen her play here and there. Um, for a while she's from chicago more recently moved to brooklyn and then suddenly put out this like well i shouldn't say suddenly who knows how long they've actually been a band but from like the not from the person who's not focused on her career it seems like suddenly she just put this band together dropped a record right and like here we are but like nate shinnan and the New York Times were all over it. Like it just like everyone loved it. Great. So it like reached How the reach? whole audience anywhere. And it's also so good. Great. And um so it's like it was like a perfect storm. But that is such a like so such powerful music. There like there are moments where she's playing something that we would consider as like the very the root of this music like emotional expressive technically impressive Mm -hmm. and then she just switches into just like what the fuck is this but i believe it Mm -hmm. and going back and forth from those two worlds Mm -hmm. it's just like a shocking experience there's moments where she's screaming into the microphone and then like a couple seconds later she's like playing this like beautiful bebop sort of thing right and it's just a mind bender and i don't know if i've ever seen anything like it cool yeah i like a good mashup of like the opposites or things that i think might be opposite yeah i can honestly say i've never heard anything like it before great it's a totally fresh take on 
this music. Cool. It's well, that's high praise. Great oh. night. Yeah, I missed a good one. What do you have coming up? What do I have coming up as a musician? Um, and you book the first two, second Tuesday? Second Tuesday, myself and my hero, Alex Fournier, book the... Uh, the ornate presents series um and this come ne- or this one so it's next tuesday i don't play it that much i try to get other people on it because i feel like uh to each their own it's all good but the transact's getting pretty tight and like if the same people play there all the time that's not exactly a road to viable community as far as i'm concerned so i don't always play my spot <laughs> my mm-hmm. spot i don't have a ton going on in the summer um i'm just right now i'm working on booking another tour for sonic perfume got a couple anchor shows set up in the fall around thanksgiving it seems like we do a tour each year gonna make another record this time i'm sure we won't get any funding for it so it's all about trying to save money now way and, she goes and uh, that's a ways off but trying to book some good shows and uh that's a, that's kind of my like. I've got to get two or three shows happening this month for October, and then I can fill it all out later. Uh, but just have the anchors and so yeah, that's that's the far away stuff that I'm thinking about, and I'm making. I'm also working on a new record called Situations. That's not Sonic Perfume. That's just the group called Situations, and that's with Tom Richards and Sean Steele and Lowell Witty and myself. It's kind of a nice free jazz band I guess yeah. I don't know what you want to call it it's kind of like with grooves and so what we did was just recorded a whole bunch of music and there was some charts involved and there was some games involved and there was some outright improvising we just recorded a ton of music and we're going to go in and cut and paste and make a big collage uh, with a real heavy hand with the cutting it's not going to be we're trying to make a post-production free jazz record in some sense. Cool. So well, it'll be fun. Nice. We'll see how that goes. I'm pretty happy with how the tracking went. So that's, yeah, that's what's going on for me. It's not a lot, and I'm happy with it. Everything I'm doing, I'm into. Sweet. It's the way, it's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. How about you? Got some stuff going on. Yeah, yeah.